You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. A lower mainland taxi company is under fire again for failing to pick up a fare. This time, Bel Air Taxi is accused of leaving a senior citizen in a wheelchair for hours in the cold last night. John Hua explains the irony behind the ride fail and how it became a drain on city resources. As crowds in Coquitlam enjoyed the Canada Day fireworks, Merle Smith was forced to watch them from afar. The Coquitlam senior left trying to stay warm in her wheelchair as she waited for hours for an accessible cab. It was cold, dark, and wet. I was told that there would be a cab there within about 15 to 20 minutes. The Beller taxi she called just before 9 p.m. never showed up. So Smith and her sister were left waiting, trying to get through to dispatch. Someone finally picked up about three hours and two rain showers later. felt like we were the last possible rides that they would want. The longtime accessibility advocate says during the excruciating wait, she had to be monitored by event volunteers, first responders, and even Coquitlam's mayor. Hard to get to sleep after that. It was, uh, it was immensely troubling. Now Global News called Beller Taxi to request an interview, but we were told no one was available for comment because of the long weekend. He just said, it's too far. Beller Taxi was in someone else's bad books less than a month ago after denying pregnant TV host Jillian Harris a ride downtown from Port Moody. The company claims the driver was at the end of his shift. The provincial government that regulates taxis really has to come in with, with some teeth that we can apply to uh, these situations, and we need some choices available. The mayor says Beller drivers have told him accessible cabs are often left off the road because they're more expensive to run. For the woman who fought for the service, it's a slap in the face. Basically, they're breaking all the rules. Marking a Canada Day she'll never forget for all the wrong reasons. John Hua, Global News. A B.C. woman has been killed in an explosion in Mexico. It happened in the resort town of Cabo San Lucas at the luxury villa she was renting. Romina Dea is in our newsroom with the details for us tonight. And Romina, what have you learned? Chris, the victim is Lori Ryan, an artist from West Kelowna. Global Affairs Canada confirms the explosion happened on June 23rd. Now, Ryan, a wife and mother of two boys, was staying at the high-end Monte Cristo Estates in Cabo San Lucas. Ryan died after part of a wall collapsed due to a suspected gas leak in one of the villas. According to the company, no one else was injured. Now, tributes and praise continue to pour in online. Ryan is described as an amazing artist who will be horribly missed. Ryan's work has appeared in collections across North America. Her art is currently on display at the Peachland Art Gallery. The art community in the Okanagan is devastated by loss. No one was ready to go on camera just yet. Now, Monte Cristo Estates in Cabo is essentially asking residents not to talk to the media. In a statement, a spokesperson said the precise cause of the suspected gas leak is still under investigation, adding that all units are safe given local health and safety requirements have been met and all inspections are up to date. Now, Global Affairs Canada says assistance is being provided to the victim's family and officials are in contact with Mexican authorities to gather additional information. Chris. All right, Romina, thanks for the update. 
Ridge Meadows RCMP is confirming the driver involved in a crash in Pitt Meadows was actually the victim of a targeted shooting. RCMP closed down Old Dudney Trunk Road between Lougheed and Reichenbach for hours today as they investigated. They say the female driver was transported to hospital. No word tonight on her condition. RCMP say they will have an update on the case tomorrow. The parents of a teenager who died of an accidental drug overdose just over two months ago are attempting to put their grief aside and push for change. Kylie Stanton explains why the 16-year-old's parents are calling for a coroner's inquest and what they believe needs to change in order to prevent similar tragedies in the future. You know how beautiful a person he was and how much potential he had. Behind the smile was a young man in pain, a life cut short at just 16. And now, instead of counting the years... We're at day 66 now for Elliot's death. So he died 66 days ago. Um, and it's not getting easier. Elliot Yurchuk accidentally overdosed. He had become addicted to the powerful opioid Dilaudid after he suffered a series of sports injuries and required a string of surgeries. When the prescriptions ran out, he turned to the streets. And on April 20th, the dependency turned fatal. He took something to sleep and it killed him. It had fentanyl in it and it shut his body down. Now the family is calling for a coroner's inquest into his death, hoping to bring attention to the standard of care that was applied and change legislation. They say the BC Infants Act prevented them from making decisions about and being informed of their son's treatment and claim those rules played a role in his death. It literally handicapped our ability to parent our son. And we were lost. The Infants Act states that children may consent to a medical treatment on their own as long as their health care provider is sure that the treatment is in the child's best interest and that the child understands the details of the treatment, including risks and benefits. Elliot went as far as to block his parents' access to his medical files. It's very difficult to understand. It contradicts common sense. The BC Coroner's Service only received the request on Friday. The Ministry of Mental Health and Addictions did not return our calls for comment today. There's a big hole in our household. Our but if the family has learned anything from this, it's that time is precious. They're hoping action will be taken and quickly to prevent any future tragedies. We don't want to see another family go through what we have been through and are going through. It's, it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria. A close call at Golden Ears Park today when six members of a family were dumped into the water. The group was out for a paddle when their rented canoe was swamped by a wave. Fortunately, they were all wearing life jackets, but say it took some time before bystanders realized what was going on and that they needed help. Eventually, everyone was pulled out. Suddenly, uh, a big wave came and the boat tipped over. And then, like, all of us, like, fell out. And then we tried to get on the boat, but the boat just sank to the bottom. <laughs> we're waving our hands and everything. We had the, the paddle boat, like, the paddle thing. We're waving it around, but no one was coming. There was a jet ski out there helping them, and then I went out to help next. And uh, there was three girls, and I only had one seat open. So a bigger boat came out, picked them up, and dragged the boat in. Now, by the time emergency crews and search and rescue arrived, everybody was safely back on shore. An especially busy day at YVR caught some travelers and maybe even some staff off guard today. Long lines reported in a number of areas in the airport, especially at Customs. The airport says the delays are due to the first long weekend of the summer, and they are working to get people moving as quickly as possible. 
An important traffic note, starting tomorrow, the headache along East First is about to get even worse as a stretch of that busy road closes down completely for months. Ted Trudecki joins us from the area with details on this. It's because of the gas line upgrades being done by Fortis. Ted, what are drivers need to know going forward? Well, Sophie, about 40 to 50,000 motorists use this artery on any given day, and tomorrow none will be. And that's the way it'll be until the end of August as they replace uh, that line, as you say there. But there are some other options. You could go uh, guess, by McGill Street. You could take Hastings or perhaps Grandview Highway and get out of the city that way. But locals here are particularly upset that they're going to have this road closed for almost two months just to replace that gas pipeline. I don't think it's right because it's a main drag, it's yeah. a main street to get you to the highway. Yes, it does bother me, and it probably bothers everybody else who commutes yeah. back and forth. I mean, I commute to North Vancouver and I see it, I, I, I can see the people getting frustrated. Yeah. How's that going to impact you? Uh, big time because I take that way to go see my parents in Delta. Well, I ride my bike or yeah. walk, yeah. so I'm fine with that being close, okay. personally making alternate plans here but I guess if there is to be a closure it's good to be in July because school's out now vacations are on and perhaps there's less commuting traffic out here right now but uh, bottom line is steer clear of here. Chris so definitely the right advice all right Ted thank you and if you're thinking of taking transit instead be warned fares have gone up anytime that you raise the price it's always kind of crappy because it costs more and no one wants to spend more money Fares increased yesterday on Canada Day by up to 10 cents per trip. Zone 1, 2, or 3 saw a 10-cent jump. A day pass went up 25 cents, and a monthly pass went up $2. TransLink says the fare hike will help pay for a 10% bump in bus service by 2019 and a 20% increase in SkyTrain service. And finally, there's some good and bad news for ferry passengers. First, the good, the coastal inspiration, which had been out of service for weeks because of mechanical issues, is back in operation, which means service between Horseshoe Bay and Nanaimo has picked up again. However, the Northern Adventure is now stuck in Prince Rupert. That ferry pulled yesterday morning because of broken fire detectors. A specialist was brought in from Miami and service they tell us is expected to resume tomorrow. Now, a warning tonight from dog owners in West Kelowna after their puppy almost died last week. Global's Megan Turcato explains what happened that turned a trip to a park into a trip to the vet. David. Evan and Shelley Orloff are very careful to keep their puppy from getting into anything at this West Kelowna Park. It was after Shelley brought 10-week-old Tia here to Rotary Beach last week that the Yellow Lab became seriously ill. And she went all weak-legged and she was unable to control her urine and she was like loopy-eyed and she was very sick, shallow breathing. We got her to the vet. Their vet says Tia's condition was serious. Pretty much nearly death. Yeah, if we didn't attend to it right away, if the owner wasn't uh, too so smart and try to help her, then uh, we would have lost her. Well, I was panicked. I mean, this is our little girl. The puppy's lab test revealed THC, an active element of marijuana. Little puppies always grab stuff and you don't always see it. And she ingested what turned out to be marijuana. Dr. Oz has seen similar situations before, but not this serious. This is uh, maybe one of the worst. 
The combination of how much she ate and being a puppy, so I think the combination make it worse. Orlov says it's heartbreaking that someone could be so careless to leave marijuana in a public park. Be very careful about what you leave behind. Like if you're finished with your marijuana button, it's going to be legal one of these days soon. Put it out somewhere. Don't just drop things in the park. And that just doesn't go for marijuana, tobacco, people who use needles, people who leave garbage lying around. Everything can be dangerous to animals and little kids. After more than two days at the vet, TA is making a recovery. But Orlov hopes sharing their story will make people more thoughtful about what they leave behind. Megan Tercato, Global News, West Kelowna. First, though, to the miracle everyone was hoping for, despite increasingly unfavorable odds. How many of you? 13. Brilliant. Rescuers find 12 boys and their soccer coach alive deep inside a cave in Thailand where they were trapped for more than nine days. And while there is a lot of relief, there is also the challenge of getting them out of there safely. They emerged in the darkness, the missing boys alive. Their first words to rescuers, thank you. Thank you. Hello, thank you. How, how many of you? 13. Brilliant. It's the first light the boys have seen in over a week. Members of a Thai soccer team, ages 11 to 16, and their coach have been totally cut off by floodwaters and lost track of time in the cave. You have been here 10 days. 10 days. You are very strong. The boys looking thin, but grateful to be alive. I am really happy. We, we are happy too. Today, when an official announced our younger brothers have been found, there were cheers, emotional families embracing, calling it a miracle. The team went exploring in the cave in northern Thailand, then disappeared without a trace. U.S. military personnel joining the search. The problem now, how to get the boys out. The only way out is to go underwater to the cave's mouth in total darkness. We come. A risky operation even for experienced scuba divers, let alone a group of young and exhausted boys. Richard Engel, NBC News. With summer now in full swing, our fields and forests are teeming with new life. And with that comes some unwanted guests. Many people have put out rat traps to try to keep those pesky rodents away. But those traps are also catching other wildlife. And as Linda Aylesworth reports, that's only adding to the burden at wildlife rehabilitation centers. Come here, buddy. Let's see. There you go. The work at Elizabeth's Wildlife Center this time of year during baby season is quite literally never-ending. Pretty busy. It's the worst time of year. Last May we had over 400 animals just in May alone. Where is this guy? Oh, there he is. And every one of them needs to be fed, some every 15 minutes. It's a juggling act that includes the answering of phones. Well, you'll need to get him in as soon as possible because he needs antibiotics. The number one cause of grief for birds and small mammals, domestic cats allowed to run at large. 80, 90 percent of our bunny intake is all cat caught. Humans are most often to blame in one way or another. There's people that leave fishing line and fishing hooks just on the ground. The animals swallow them and now they need to be surgically removed. 
It happened to this young Canada goose. And then there's the problem of the line wrapping around body parts, like it did on this gosling's leg. They just get tighter and tighter, and as the gosling grows, of course, it, it, it goes in further and further. Hi, cutie. Another problem, rat traps. Recently, a young possum, about the size of this one, came in with one on its arm. The possum that came in was totally emaciated, totally dehydrated. He was non-savable in the end. Rat traps are catching any number of unintended victims, even birds, like this Stellar's jay. He needed his leg amputated. It's not a new problem, but it is one that's on the rise, yeah, uh, one that is easily solved. The biggest thing is not to put it out where other animals, non-target animals can get at it, because they see the food there and it's just natural to, to go and try and get the food. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. Well, they say one person's trash is another person's treasure, but how do you get rid of all those unwanted items around your house in an effective and safe way? Once again, the tell that she is standing right beside us. <laughs> Our consumer reporter, Andrew, joins us with some tips on Facebook Marketplace. We need a bigger studio. Am I waving my papers like mad again? I'm excited. Ready. I am ready to go, to go ready to here. Go. Yeah, Good. Facebook Marketplace. Check it out. Okay, mm -hmm. thanks you too. Many are turning away from sites like Craigslist and using Facebook Marketplace for a variety of reasons, especially when it comes to security. We caught up with one Marketplace user who's sharing her experience and tips. These are $30. And normally $250. Yeah, yeah. And this designer dress normally retails for what? Uh, $300 plus and you got it for? $100. Maya yeah. Taves estimates she saved yeah. thousands so of dollars by purchasing items on Facebook Marketplace. The mother of two has bought countless items including clothing, furniture, even vintage Fisher-Price toys for her children. I like it. I think it's great, especially with kids stuff and it's just like constantly buying and selling you can sell something that you don't need. You can buy something that you do need. Maya says she also finds the online marketplace more secure than other sites like Craigslist because you have access to a buyer or seller's profile. You can look at their Facebook pages and kind of vet them and know that, okay, this is a person who I can easily buy from. Maya started her own Vancouver-specific buy and sell group on Marketplace so she can connect with people in her local community. I think I'm up to 8,000 members in my site over two years. So yeah, it's definitely growing. I get requests every day to join the page. Her top tips for anyone thinking of purchasing or buying on Facebook Marketplace? Do your research before you buy and sell. Are you getting a good deal? Find out how much the item would retail brand new. Ask about the condition of the item and trust your gut and ask questions. If they're a good seller, then they'll just, you know, they'll answer all your questions. If they're brushing you off, then maybe they've got something to hide. Well, Maya says she's had mostly positive experiences on Facebook Marketplace. There are a few things to keep in mind. Where can things kind of go wrong? I guess the people not being honest about the items that they're selling. Uh, that the condition isn't what they said it was or that uh, the item was fraudulent. And because it's up to buyers and sellers to set prices and payment, in the end, it's buyer beware. And a few more tips to consider. Always meet the seller in a safe public place. Outside a police station is a good idea. Take a look at the item for purchasing and don't be afraid to haggle. And never wire money, of course. Make the payment in person. And if you have a consumer issue for me, you can reach me. There's my email address at consumermatters at globalnews.ca. All right, good advice. Let's go shopping. Thanks, Anne. <laughs> 
In a relatively male-dominated industry, one female distiller is trying to turn things around with her shop in Fernie. There we go. That is Jillian Rutherford. She's behind Fernie Distillers, which produces small-batch vodka, liqueurs, and seasonal spirits. She's one of Canada's few female distillers. The products with names like Number no. 9 Mine Vodka and Fernie Fog draw inspiration from the local history and are sourced from products grown in the Kootenays. An American-born man is behind bars tonight, accused of plotting a terror attack on America's biggest summer holiday. The FBI says the man was planning to target 4th of July events in both Cleveland and Philadelphia, but they caught him thanks to a tip. His target, federal investigators say, was Cleveland's July 4th parade and fireworks show. Prosecutors say a tip about pro-jihadist social media postings by 48-year-old Demetrius Pitts got their attention. Two weeks ago, he began meeting with someone he thought was an al-Qaeda operative who turned out to be an FBI agent working undercover. Court documents say Pitts told the agent a week ago what would hit them in their core, have a bomb to blow up the 4th of July parade. Agents say he used his phone to photograph possible sites to attack with a car bomb, including the fireworks park. Just yesterday, he discussed giving remote control cars packed with explosives and shrapnel to the children of our military uniform members. But it was all talk. The FBI says Pitts never had any explosives and said he just wanted to scout locations, not carry out the attacks, and was so unprepared the undercover agent gave him a bus pass to conduct his scouting trip. But law enforcement officials say he was determined to be a terrorist. Law enforcement, of course, cannot sit back, in this case, wait for Mr. Pitts to commit a violent act. The FBI says agents arrested him yesterday after he talked about trying to plan another attack for later this year in Philadelphia, his hometown. We are learning more tonight about the gunman who left five people dead at a Maryland newspaper last week from the woman who was at the center of the alleged shooter's long-standing vendetta against the paper. Now, she does not want to reveal her identity, but she says 38-year-old Jared Ramos started stalking her online back in 2011. After some threatening emails, Lori went to police. That led to Ramos pleading guilty to criminal harassment. The Capital Gazette wrote an article about the case, and Ramos then sued the paper for defamation, but the case was thrown out. Ramos then spent years threatening the paper and the reporter who wrote the article. One thing that I do feel now is that he can no longer silence me. Lori has since moved out of state, but says last week's shooting has pushed her to speak out. Tonight, a memorial will be held for the first of the five victims. Authorities are trying to determine what led to a tour boat explosion in the Bahamas that killed an American woman and injured nine others. The charter boat inexplicably burst into flames while a nearby tour looked on. The boat was on a wildlife excursion when it burst into flames. Literally, the boat exploded right in front of us. Killing 39-year-old Malika Grimes-Jackson from Chattanooga as she celebrated her 15th wedding anniversary. Her husband, Tyran, seriously injured. They were a partnership and fun-loving, and she valued family very highly. Nine other Americans were injured, including 22-year-old Stephanie Schaefer, a dancer and athlete. She did ballet dancing from the time she was very, very young. To save her life, 
doctors had to take both her legs. Due to the accident, she uh, both, both her legs were amputated at her knee. She's going to survive. We're going to pray and she's going to survive. Chris Topperween, who recorded this video, watched in horror from another boat as those passengers begged their captain to move back. So the people were jumping off the boat. The people were already in the water. Several jumped in to help even as flames shot into the air. The owner and boat's captain was also injured. The tour company, Four Seas Adventure, declined comment while the explosion is under investigation. The company is licensed and had been recommended by Travel and Leisure magazine. Meanwhile, Malik Jackson's family is remembering her. She lived a, a, a full life and full in that it could overflow toward others. And coming to terms with an anniversary trip that ended like this. Tammy Leitner, NBC News, Clearwater, Florida. In Health Matters tonight, a new study suggests the more coffee you drink, the better. In fact, drinking large amounts of coffee may help you live longer. Researchers in the UK followed half a million adults who consumed coffee over 10 years and found those who drank as many as eight cups a day had a lower risk of some cancers and lung disease. And while this is good news for coffee enthusiasts, experts say more research needs to be done to determine why and how coffee had this effect. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. Well, July is getting off to a sweltering start in many parts of this country, not here, but much of eastern Canada is in the midst of a heat wave. It's so hot here, I'm so excited. Uh, well, some people uh, are looking for ways to beat the heat, but obviously others aren't complaining. In Toronto, the temperature has topped 29 degrees, but with the humidity, it felt more like 43. Environment Canada also issuing heat warnings for parts of Quebec and all the way out to the Maritimes. There's no sign of temperatures dipping until the end of the week either. And that heat wave is stretching south of the border as well. Heat alerts and advisories affecting nearly 60 million Americans. New York City topping over 33 degrees today adding humidity on top of that. This heat wave is expected to stretch into the 4th of July holiday. They really just need to come up here and visit the Okanagan Connector. Uh, <laughs> no everything will kidding. cool right down. That pretty astonishing video of snow up there. Uh, we've got Yvonne Shell in here for Christy tonight to talk yeah, about Yeah, it would be that. nice to sort of split the difference across the country right. this morning. or uh, For the overnight, we had some snowfall along the connector. Here's a few shots of what we saw earlier. So it fell anywhere between 4 a.m. until 10 a.m. It was just slashed out on the roadways, not much in terms of accumulation. And the snow level dropped to about 16 hundred meters and we saw a bit of a dusting for those area for those that were in big white so different weather picture though across the south coast uh, the snow has eased off it has warmed up throughout the day for the interior sections but the weather picture very pleasant through the evening we have a very slight chance to see an isolated shower temperatures though sitting at 18 degrees with a southwesterly wind at 17 kilometers per hour high today was at 19 close to the average for this time of the year that sits at 20 and a record of 28 degrees was set back in 19 1985. 14 is the high for areas near Williams Lake. Kelowna today climbing up to 18 degrees. A Soyuz into the low 20s in areas near Victoria up to 19. 
Current temperature for Whistler at 16 degrees. The piece sitting at 14 and Prince Rupert at 15 degrees. Instability though this evening still for the central interior with the risk of thunderstorms. We have some showers still working its way in across the Thompson Okanagan. And for tomorrow, the southeastern corners of the province will still see a chance for some showers. Most areas across the province, we've got a ridge of high pressure that is going to start to build in place. It'll be Wednesday onwards. But here's the dusting of shower activity that will be into the interior sections throughout much of the day for tomorrow. Here's the upper level chart to show you. Looking ahead on Wednesday onwards, temperatures will bump up. The return for some sunshine, it's going to feel more summer-like across the south coast for us. Most areas for the northern half of the province tomorrow morning will start off with cloud cover, a nice clearing on the way for the afternoon. The northeastern corners for the peace with showers in 18. Much of the central interior will be underneath a mix of sun and cloud. Southeastern corners of the province, that's we'll see the, the bigger chance or the greater chance of a shower. Whistler tomorrow should ease off, a nice clearing on the way with 20 degrees. Northern and central sections of the island still seeing a slight chance for a shower. That'll be for the morning, much drier for the afternoon. Victoria will be up to 20 degrees and most areas on Wednesday, Thursday we'll start to see the return for some warmer temperatures and a fair bit of sunshine. Tonight's weather window, a great shot that was sent in from the Capilano Suspension Bridge. So thank you, Edward, for sending that in. That's very lovely. Happy Canada Day. Thank you very much, Yvonne. Well, it's a daring prison escape that seems ripped from a movie script. The manhunt is on tonight after a notorious French criminal escaped from a prison in Paris via a hijacked helicopter. That helicopter flew right into the prison courtyard in broad daylight. And this isn't the first time this convicted murderer has managed to break out. That's France's most notorious convict escaping in a hijacked helicopter, literally flying the coup. Fellow prisoners cheering as he flees. Nearly 3,000 cops now hunting for the bank robber and convicted murderer Redouan Fayed. Even French officials called the escape spectacular. A team of three masked and heavily armed commandos kidnapped a pilot from a nearby airport and forced him to land in the prison yard. Men in black seen running across the yard moments before that daring flight. The getaway chopper later found burned out, the pilot still alive. Faid, well known for his love of Hollywood gangster thrillers, including Michael Mann's Heat. Don't try and be a hero saying he would watch scenes dozens of times for tips. And it isn't even Faid's first jailbreak. He used explosives to bust out of another prison in 2013. An action movie escape, now with a sequel. Matt Bradley, NBC News. They might want to check their security. (laughs) (laughs) There may be a review. There may be a review going on right now. Uh, Squires here with a look at sports. And wow, what a big weekend yeah. for us. I know fans. a lot of stuff happening. Um, boy, Toronto's happy, aren't they? Are they ever? Not only did they get John Tavares, the big free agent in the NHL, but LeBron James left the Eastern Conference, so that means the Raptors won't have to deal with him <laughs> in the playoffs anymore. See, it was the best Canada win, day win. ever for the center of the universe. Oh. Canadians like to think we're the most polite people in the world, but I'm not sure. After well, after that Belgium, the after the Belgium-Japanese game today on the internet, you can see pictures of the Japanese fans cleaning up all their trash in the stadium. That's it's pretty amazing. impressive. Uh, the uh, Canucks prospects are in town this week, but today the big three of Canuck prospects were not there. Ole Olevi and Elias Pettersson are both recovering from surgery, so them not being there is not a surprise. But Quinn Hughes wasn't on the ice either. Now, he is in town, but he was too sick to make it. 
Oh, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, the kid has obviously had a lot of uh, travel in, uh, in the last few months, and and I think it caught up to him, and he's got a little bit of a, a flu that he's just been back uh, at the hotel in bed. We're trying to, you know, just step by step with him and do right by him. We don't want to hurry him into anything. So he's feeling much better today, which is good. We're going to try to get some food into him and, and, and just uh, kind of go hour by hour. Like I said, we want to do right by him. May I make a suggestion? Ginger ale and soda crackers. My mother believed that cured pretty much any disease on the planet. Uh, former Kelowna Rocket star Cole Lynn did make the prospect camp healthy. He has spent part of last season with the Canucks farm team in Utica, the end of last season, and chances are he might start there this coming season. The Canucks adding three veterans in free agency yesterday to help in the third and fourth lines means there's less room for younger players, but Lynn looks like he is part of the Canucks' near future. You know, I've committed to myself, uh, you know, a lot to, you know, training and getting better this summer and, you know, being more powerful on the ice. And I think it's starting to show now and, you know, give me another two months and, you know, I guess we'll see where things go from there. Colind is going places. It's just how fast he'll get to the National Hockey League. Lynn put up 39 goals and 95 points in just 58 games for the Kelowna Rockets before concluding his season with a short six-game stint down in the minors with Utica. A 13-game point streak for Cole Land. He's a guy that I said to our group already, just him walking into the building, he's thicker, he's he's uh, more mature, he, he looks, you can see him becoming a man in front of you, so he's, a, he's an exciting player for us. It's easy to envision Lind riding shotgun for the Canucks in a top six forward role. He has that kind of potential. And this is a kid motivated to play now. He's moved away from his parents' home in southwest Saskatchewan and is living with a Billet family in Saskatoon this summer in order to train harder. You know, knowing the opportunity I have next year, I just, I just want to do everything I can to, you know, fulfill whatever I can do. So I'm very prepared for the summer, and I'm going to push myself very hard. Jay Janowar, Global Sports. Well, James Neal signed a five-year free agent contract worth $5.75 million per year with the Calgary Flames. Now, he can score 25 last year with Vegas. In fact, he's always scored at least 20 goals every year he's been in the NHL. And Calgary needs goals. They scored the same amount as the Canucks last season, and that wasn't very much. The downside, James Neal will be 31 at the start of the next season, so Calgary is hoping he'll age like wine and not like milk. 2-0. I know. Belgium, Japan. We already knew Shibasaki. Second half, we are scoreless. Yankee Haraguchi. Back of the net. one nothing for the Japanese. Couldn't they pull the upset? Well, they'd get another one. Takashi Inui. 2 nothing for Japan. Belgium. I haven't seen a goal like this. I don't think I've ever seen a goal like this off the head. Watch. This just sort of a floats over the goalkeeper and in. Jan Bentongen makes it 2-1. Then it was 2-2. This is literally the last play of regulation time. And Belgium completes the comeback. Nasser Chadli with the winner there. And as I said, the Japanese fans were upset, and then they cleaned up their trash, which is wonderful. Get, me to, you know, Get it out of your system. Neymar in Brazil against Mexico. William, after the back heel from Neymar, goes back to Neymar. Neymar is a great player, but he's a terrible actor. 
He keeps trying his acting skills, though. Watch him barely get his ankle stepped on by a Mexican player. And then, oh, wait, there's more. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, he's, he's in terrible pain. But now he's good again, because that's him running down the sideline. Amazing recuperative powers. And that's 2-0, Roberto Firmino. So Brazil plays Belgium on July 6th in the quarters. Wimbledon, Roger Federer, number one on the men's side. No problem today against Dusan Lashovic. This is a great play by Federer. Watch him get this. Uh-huh. Won that in straight sets. Number 13, Milos Ronic against Liam Brody of Great Britain. Straight set win as well. Ronic once again battling injury problems this year, but 7-5, 6-love, 6-1. Tomorrow, I should mention, Pospisil, Shapovalov, and Jeannie Bouchard will all play their first-round matches. On the women's side, Serena, ranked 25th against Arancha Rus. Williams won this in straight sets, 7-5, 6-3. This is too long. Yesterday, Kevin Pillar made another highlight reel catch. Tigers again with Jays. This is the 10th. This is Nico Goodrum. This ball's going to the wall, and Nico can run. He's to second base. He's going to third base. Here's the throw, he is way safe. And then Jose Iglesias, no relation to Julio. Popped him up, Richick. Or his kid. <laughs> but he plays better baseball than those two, and he drives home Goodrum and the Jays lose again, 3-2 to Detroit. Two big free agent signings in the NBA today, although nothing like the seismic event that happened yesterday. But Rajon Rondo has decided to join LeBron James in L.A. with the Lakers. That makes the Lakers better, but they will need more around LeBron to successfully deal with the likes of Houston and Golden State. And Golden State signed another big name, all-star center DeMarcus Cousins, to a one-year deal. Do we have time? Yes. Australia and the Philippines World Cup qualifying game. There is trouble in the paint. Now we have basket brawl. Thirteen players got ejected. The game was finally stopped because the Philippines were down to one guy. All the other ones had fouled out. And it turned WWE here as well. Watch number two for Australia get the chair tossed at him. Right. There's number two. Here comes the chair. Oh. All that's missing now is the step ladder with the coal miner's glove on top of the cage. <laughs> It's called Everesting, and it's not for the faint of heart. Two Vancouver friends riding up and down Cypress Mountain today 14 times. That's the elevation of Mount Everest, and then some. Danny Beja tells us how their friend's battle with cancer is fueling their ride. Okay, let's roll out. The route is by now familiar, but it gets tougher each time. Hopefully we still make it, but uh, it's definitely one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. The group is cycling up and down Cypress Mountain 14 times in a row, hoping to be done by sunset. We're at 4,066 meters, so almost halfway there. Oh man, I feel it. Their goal, to climb the equivalent height of Mount Everest in honor of a friend who didn't live to see them do it. He had a great love for the mountains. Uh, he was a snowboarder as well. 
Jackie Wong died last month, less than a year after he was diagnosed with cancer. He underwent several surgeries to remove tumors that had spread to his lungs. He was only 25. He's a super friendly guy, very positive, even throughout his sickness. Um, probably one of the most positive people I've known in my whole life. This was taken about, I think, five days after, uh, before he passed. Wong's friends are riding to raise money for the VGH and UBC Hospital Foundation, already surpassing their $5,000 goal. Sometimes when you, when you find out about news like this, you feel so powerless, but there's always something you can do. And as they pedal to the peak, they're pushing each other forward. Uh, it's a team effort. I mean, we can't do this by ourselves. And I think it's uh, one of those things where their pain is halved when you share it with uh, others. Tanya Beja, Global News. So just heard from Tanya, she figures they have about three more uh, round trips left to go, up and down three more times. They can get it in under the wire before sunset. That is dedication. Well done. Yeah, well done. absolutely. Okay, last word on weather, Yvonne, before well, we go. It's cooling off for them this evening. Uh, temperatures will dip down to 12 degrees. Uh, for tomorrow, we're back into some sunshine, and then it warms up very pleasant for our Wednesday, Thursday, and drying to the end of the week. All right, short work week for a lot of folks. Hope you've had a great long weekend. Thanks for watching. Good night, all.